0: Welcome to the Advent Houston podcast. At Advent, our mission is to embrace, embody, and extend the grace of Jesus Christ to the Texas Medical Center, Rice University, and the surrounding neighborhood. We're glad that you're here with us today. As I was thinking about Ash Wednesday and Lent, it uh, called to mind uh, a story from middle school when I came to school one day and I saw a bunch of my friends were looking kind of sad and mopey and I said what's going on? And they said oh well, we gave up chocolate for lint I said chocolate for lint? Like you gave up chocolate because of the soft stuff inside the pocket of your pants? I realized in hindsight uh, not too long after that that it wasn't lint but lint And these were uh, Catholic friends of mine uh, who were participating in this fast as a part of their church community. Well, we uh, often talk about now fasting and Lent and what does it mean for us? Why would we fast? Should we fast? What is it? And so uh, that is what is in mind in our uh, passage today. And we will look and see what Jesus has to say about fasting. Our passage today is from Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18. I'll read, uh, these are Jesus' words for us. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Lord Christ. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we hear from your words today, uh, may they be truly your words. Uh, May the words that I say be what you a need for us to hear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our passage here is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus is talking to the uh, religious people of the day, uh, and he is trying to reorient their religious lives. Uh, specifically, earlier in this chapter 6, uh, he, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Notice he's not condemning practicing righteousness in front of others, just like in this passage, he's not saying, not saying don't fast, he's saying when you fast. So there's an assumption that there's a good way to practice righteousness and to fast, but he's condemning doing those things in order to be seen by others. This is what the religious leaders are doing. So there is a good way to do it, but the religious leaders are not doing it the right way. Let's look at that first. The Pharisees were some of these religious leaders, and they were using the practices of faith uh, to be an end to themselves. They would pray and say, look at me pray. Look at my amazing words. Or look at me fast. Oh, look how hungry I am because I'm so worthy and righteous. Look how good I am they were using religion to fulfill their needs now, how do we do this you know today we might have a more uh, utilitarian approach to religion you know if I do these things if I pray if I read my Bible I'll show up to church I'll, I'll feel good about myself or perhaps we use those things to try to manipulate God you know Taylor just on Sunday preached about this in the Tower of Babel so this is nothing new. This is, uh, since sin has been around, uh, we often try to do things thinking that God will do something for us. I mean, I look at my own life. I work for the church. I've been working in ministry for over five years. And I think, wow, look at me doing all this stuff for God. You know what, you you really need me, don't you God? We're fasting just like the Pharisees all the time. We are doing things, uh, out, uh, out of not a right heart. And we can see the result in verse 16. Jesus says, When you practice to be seen by others, you may get your reward. They've earned their reward. Those Pharisees, those religious leaders, were known for appearing righteous. We may, too, uh, feel better when we pray. And that may get our goal. Or we may f- feel like we're doing a good thing for God. The problem is that this is ultimately selfish, seeking to praise ourselves and not honor God. Paul says in his letter to the Romans in chapter 1, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. God gave them up to their sins. They wanted to serve the creatures themselves we want to serve ourselves, God may give us up to those things. That would be wrong. That's ultimately selfish on our part to try to do religious things, to try to do these spiritual disciplines for our own ends. That is the bad kind of fasting. So what is good fasting? Uh, this, is, and this is what I think is the big idea of this passage. Good fasting is an opportunity to connect deeper with the humility of sacrifice of Jesus. Good fasting is an opportunity to connect deeper with the humility and sacrifice of Jesus. Really any uh, spiritual discipline is about uh, humility. So when we think about uh, uh, the the Pharisees using spiritual disciplines for uh, themselves, it was more about them and that's not humility. Really they should be about less of ourselves and more of God. That's what our spiritual discipline should be designed towards, humility. And we can think about these spiritual disciplines this way. For instance, reading the Bible is a great discipline thing to do. And our posture should really be something like, Lord, I don't know you enough. Reveal yourself to me through your word. Less of me, more of you. Prayer is another great spiritual discipline. Very similar mindset to reading, uh, or could also be, Lord, I, I don't know what to do, and Lord, I ultimately need you to guide me. I don't want to consult the things of this world or things that I think of. Less of me, more of you. And fasting, which, uh, by the way, uh, fasting is uh, setting time aside to not eat, Um, for a certain period uh, in order to show our, our, our faith, our humility, and I'll get into more of why we do it, but fasting, the practice of fasting is not doing something for a period of time, usually not eating. We could fast from any number of things. In this case it was fasting from eating. And so in fasting our hunger is a sign of humility. We need food to sustain us. We're creatures. Yet we are saying in our fasting, Lord, I sacrifice my need for food momentarily and ask you to subdue the appetites of my flesh. You sustain me. Give me more of a longing for you and less of me, more of you. So in this, we are getting to experience humility and sacrifice. Fasting is, after all, a sacrifice of sorts. But we can also be reminded of how Jesus fasted in humility and sacrifice. Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 uh, tells us about the time when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, fasting, being sustained only by God. So he can sympathize with us in our fasting, in our pain. But as fasting is also a form of sacrifice, our fasting can also remind us of the ultimate sacrifice Jesus did for us. His whole life really was sacrifice. Jesus was and is the greatest, most glorious man, God, in one person to have ever been here on earth. And yet uh, Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, that he emptied himself, becoming the form of a servant. He became the greatest servant. The greatest man, God as well, became the greatest servant. What a great example of humility. Our... When we fast, our sacrifice is nothing compared to his, uh, his sacrifice for us, uh, to coming down to earth, suffering the pain of death, to die for our sins. So when we fast, we can remember that Jesus is the better faster, the more, humbler, more humble, and the better sacrifice. But there's a little bit more than Jesus just being an example. And let's look at verse 18 to see. And we can see the reward of good fasting. So you, uh, you may not be seen by others, but by your Father. What happens when your Father sees you? You are rewarded. You know, I love that motif in, uh, in Scripture where God's face is upon you. We think of the ironic blessing in number 6, where the Lord uh, uh, turns his face toward you. May his face shine upon you turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's a blessing to have God's face shine on us. Rather in Psalm 80, it says, may your face shine that we may be saved. When God's face is upon you and shining, there is salvation. So we saying this passage is if we fast, then God's face shines and we save, that's not the case. See, the thing is, God's face is already shining on us because we are already saved. It's not just that Jesus is our perfect example. We follow his example and we're made right. That's the whole Pharisee using disciplines to get God's favor. Instead, we rest in Jesus as not just the example, but the provider of ultimate humility and sacrifice. God's face is already shining on us because Jesus paid the price by his sacrifice. And when Jesus finished his work here on earth, when he died and rose again, he then ascended into heaven and sent his spirit to work powerfully in us to teach us how Jesus provides himself to us. So really the beauty of of fasting, of any spiritual discipline, but especially fasting that we're talking about today is not in what we're doing, but in what God is doing Through us, in our humility, in our hunger for God, we are reminded that the ultimate provision for us has already come. This makes sense of the later passage in Matthew 9 when the Pharisees asked why his disciples didn't fast. Jesus said, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Jesus was saying that you fast to show your longing, your desire for something, ultimately more of the presence of God. And Jesus is saying, it's here. The presence of God is here in me. I am God, I am here with you. So we are no longer required to fast to long for him because he is already with us. So whether you choose to fast or not during Lent, we can remember that we already have the one who will and does hold us fast. Because of his humility, his sacrifice, he paid the penalty for our sins. So that instead of facing judgment for all our sins, we get to be held fast by him in safety. He puts himself in our place. So, what about fasting now? In light of what Jesus has already done for us, We don't have to fast, but we can fast in longing for more of him, less of me, more of you. So while we do have Jesus's perfect life as a substitution for our own, we still live in a fallen world and desire to see his reign and his love extended in the world. Uh, We think for this uh, Lenten season, Taylor talked about it a little on Sunday, and you should see it in our weekly email. But for this Lenten season, Advent, we'd love to, as a church, um, pray and fast for those close to us that may not be believers. Love for you to think of maybe just five people. If you have more or you have less, that's great. Again, we don't have to do this, but would love to as a longing for more of Jesus to see more of Him. Pray for some non. Uh, uh, believing non-Christians to know about Jesus and have a time of prayer and fasting. Um, This personally is going to be pretty hard for me. I have a very regular habit. I eat um, at least three times a day if not more, Uh, but I'm gonna try for Friday mornings and breaking my fast with lunchtime on uh, Friday afternoons. And uh, would encourage you to consider uh, doing this as well for uh, An opportunity, again, to pray for less of ourselves and more of Jesus. And in our longings, um, as we feel our hunger pains, we long for more of Jesus to be seen in the world. And there's, again, there's a number of other ways that we can talk about this more with you if you're interested in this. But we fast, asking for more of him. More of him in our own lives, to show us more of who he is, so we may love him more. And sanctifying us to be more like him Uh, for others i'll close with this thought this is from c.s lewis's uh mere christianity he talks about christian morality and he says people often think of christian morality as a kind of bargain in which god says if you keep a lot of rules i'll reward you and if you don't i will do the other thing doesn't that doesn't that mindset kind of sound like those religious leaders those pharisees that's exactly what they're doing C.S. Lewis goes on to say, I do not think that is the best way of looking at it. I would much rather say that every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different from what it was before. We don't have to fast to long for more of Jesus, to know our need of Jesus. We don't have to do anything to get to get his provision for us. After all, we already have him. And nothing we can do will stop him from holding fast to us. And can you imagine how wonderful it could be for our church to be shaped a little bit more into his likeness through fasting this Lenten season? Every little every little bit being made more and more like Jesus. So what if, you know, if we fast when we hunger we remember the one who hungered in the desert and yet resisted a temptation. When we feel the pains of hunger, we think of the pain he suffered on the cross for us, paying the penalty of the sin and providing his perfect sacrifice. His hunger is humility, his pain is sacrifice. And then the best part is the end. When we break our fast, we can celebrate knowing that Jesus does all the work and has provided for us a perfect not just example but provision of humility and sacrifice and we can rest in that our fasting can be a a beautiful wonderful um, expression of, uh, of, of faithfulness and hope in God for less of us and more of him because we rest in what he has already done for us Let's consider that for this Lenten season this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your provision for us. Uh, it's, uh, we don't have to try and, and fast or pray or do any of these things to try to get your love and your approval of us because you already provided that for us in Jesus, the ultimate uh, example and provision of humility and sacrifice. Would we remember that and rest in that as we, this Lenten season, seek uh, less of ourselves and more of you, uh, whether we fast or we don't. Uh, May you uh, extend your reign um, through us uh, this Lenten season. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.